This is the Holland Assets Podcast, where we show you how to start and run your own trucking company. Ever wanted to go out on your own? Follow Chris as he goes through the highs and lows of running on his own authority. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Holland Assets. This is episode number 116. We are, we're doing a book review. Chris, we're moving into my territory this is, yeah here. this is your life that's you, right you understand how to do this absolutely well and uh, it's to be to be fair to be fair i have not actually read through this entire book so uh now we're really on firm territory because i remember doing this a lot in high school right uh, doing a book report on a book you haven't read cliff notes yeah <laughs> now he's chris hi chris how you doing i'm not too bad I'm Craig, your host. Uh, you know, okay. Now that we've got that out of the way, everybody go to Holland Assets LLC when it's safe to do so. Please don't do it while you're driving your rig down the road. Uh, but go to Holland Assets LLC for full show notes, especially uh, on this one. I'm sure we'll have a link to the book that we're talking about, um, and, you know, and other things that go in show notes, right? So HollandAssetsLLC.com. Also make sure you go, go to MotorCarrierHQ.com for all of the tools, tips, and help that you need to make your own way as a brand new or, you know, long time owner operator. So motorcarrierhq.com. Chris, am I missing anything? I think you've covered it all. All right. So today we are talking about a book and that book, Chris, is titled. Uh, Can't Hurt Me. Can't Hurt Me. Yeah, okay. there's, there's more. Um, let me see if I can remember the rest of the title. Let's oh, that's right. Here. Cause it is uh yeah, that, that's just the can't uh, hurt me is kind of the, that's the main part of the cut title, but it's can't hurt me, master your mind and defy the odds defy by the David odds. Goggin. Okay. David Goggin is a name that I have heard. Um, anyway, we, we are, we are going to get into that, but Chris, um, I wanted to ask you as I generally do any tales from the road, anything I, you want to tell actually, me Actually, you know what? I have my own tale from the road. Like I actually got in the truck last week. You did? I did. Yeah, it's been, it was the first time in a little while. Was this like an episode of Undercover Boss or? No, but uh, we, I had to go <laughs> pick up a load for a driver that um, had some things going on. Nate had some things going on. And so I, I, I'm like, I got time. I'll go, I'll go jump in the truck and go grab it. And uh, it, it, it was humbling. <laughs> Did you forget how to back up a truck, Chris? How to back up a truck? Yeah, it, it was a. The funny thing is, so the the interesting thing here is, it was actually to the same place where I picked up my very first load ever. Really? Yeah. Okay. And it's a really easy place to back. You know, not, unless not, you're you, unless you're me. And I part of the problem was is um it it was a partial blind back because I I didn't take the time to go all the way to the end of the building and turn around and come back and mm, yeah and so i could i could see where i was going so i did a, a blind back which because it was such an easy you know kind of big open space it was not a very difficult blind back but but an embarrassing one it, yeah it took it took me a few pull more pull forwards than uh than it should have <laughs> were the guys the in the, guy in the next lanes all like were they laughing at you who's this rookie <laughs> I mean, you know, at a certain point, you are a rookie again, uh, right? When is, yeah, it's uh oh, never mind. I was going to make a virgin joke, but uh, we'll <laughs> we'll save those for another time. <laughs> it's family been, friendly here. It's been so long; it's worn off. But, okay, all right. So, <laughs> so but any, anything else, or was it just embarrassing? That was just embarrassing. Okay, yeah, just, you didn't you didn't ding anybody's. Trailer. I didn't know. That's uh, that's the most important part. I don't like honestly. I don't care how many times it takes me to back something, as long as I don't hit anything. I'm okay. <laughs> that becomes really embarrassing. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. How could it not? Yeah. 
All right. Well, anything else uh, before we get into our topic for the day? Um, uh, yeah, actually, I am ready to talk about the incident <gasps> I've been referring to for, for a while. The story. I'm, yeah. Are you interested? you want to hear about it? No, not really. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't hype it enough. <laughs> Let's hear it. Okay. Right. So what, what was the incident? Now, I, I want to set the stage here a little, a little bit for those who you know maybe skipped an episode or don't remember what we're talking about. Uh, there was an incident that happened. This was months ago. I want to say at least three months ago. Maybe um, more. No, like... it was September. Oh, it was. So oh, it wasn't. It wasn't two couple couple months. A ago. couple months ago. Okay. And remind me, was somebody was let go over this? It was this kind um, of a, yeah. a final straw he situation? Was, he was definitely let go over this. Ah, that's too bad. It wasn't a final straw thing. It was his one and only thing. It was oh, bad okay. enough. It was that... bad enough. And I, yeah, I, I, I don't want to make light of that. Like that is. That's not good for you guys. Not good for no. the driver. It's uh, it's that part is not funny. No. <laughs> okay, but uh, all the same, I've been excited to hear this story for a long time because yeah, you've been hyping it up. So, uh, what happened, Chris? Well, I, I'm going to tell a little bit of backstory, kind of set the table a little bit. So, back in August, um, we actually ended up having two trucks come open all at the same time. We had to let somebody go, mm-hmm. and we had a driver that that quit on us. And the driver that had quit on us um, kind of strung us along for a couple of weeks, you know, led us to believe that he was going to come back. Mm. He, he was taking a little bit of an extended time off. So we didn't really do much. Um, you know, obviously we weren't doing anything trying to find a, a replacement for him because we didn't know he wasn't going to come back. And, right. and so by the time the, that we kind of realized that the other truck was open, we have two trucks sitting, one of them been sitting for a couple of weeks. And so it, it's to the point where, hey, we, we want to get these trucks moving sooner rather than later right um even with that being said like we're still typically you 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 don't want to hire a bad driver because a bad driver can cause even more headaches down the road tell me more about these headaches of which you speak so this one of the drivers that we were screening um was kind of going through a little bit of uh some challenges in his life a little bit of turmoil um and so that kind of raised a few red flags for nate and i and we were both really on the fence with him. Do you, do you mind if I, I don't feel like we need to get actual details, but uh, let me ask if putting myself in the position of people who might be listening to this going, well, whoa, 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 hang on a second. What happened to, you know, being charitable and just because somebody's going through a tough time doesn't mean it should be a red flag. Right. So can you give us any hints or, you know, any idea of what that means to you that that would be a red flag? Well, and it, why it was some, I wouldn't call it erratic behavior, but some just, you know, you know, when you're, when you've got somebody that you're going to start working with and they've got some things going on in their life, it has the potential to cause some disruption. Right. Some right? overlap. And, so, and, and so that's really kind of at that point, more of what we're concerned about is kind of that, okay, is this going to disrupt our ability to operate? And, and yes, we're the kind of, kind of group that wants to be able to give people second chances and kind of take the benefit of the doubt on things. But we'll talk a little bit about kind of some of the lessons we learned after at the end of the story. Okay. All right. Sorry. Go on. I, I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. So, um, he, so we're, we're kind of trying to decide we're on the fence. Do we want to hire him or not? And Nate and I decide, okay, he, we're, we're pretty, we're close enough that we think as long as there's no driving issues with him, we'll hire him. You got to do the and, drug test, the, yep. all the so stuff. So we say, okay, we're going to start doing the, the screening processes that take money, like pulling mm-hmm. his MVR, um, doing a clearinghouse, getting the drug test done, you know, all those kind of things. And so right. we do all of that, pull his PSP report, drug test, clearinghouse, everything. 
and it's a hundred percent clean. MVR is clean. No, nothing, no issues on the drug test, clean in the clearing house. Um, everything's looking good. And so we, Nate and I decided to roll the dice with him. And this is by the time he actually starts driving, it's the first week of September. Okay. So he, he goes out on his first trip and it's, you know, fairly uneventful, kind of just the normal stuff that happens with a brand new driver as everybody's kind of getting used to our systems and kind of how we do things. Um, overall, it goes okay. Gets done with the the first trip. And then, you know, we sent him out on the second, second trip. And at this point, we're kind of the third week or so into September. And um, the first, that load, the first load in that trip takes him from Idaho to Houston. No issues. Got something in my throat. Next load takes him from Houston to Albuquerque. Again, no issues. And then he picks up a load that takes him from Albuquerque to Ohio. Okay. And at this point, Nate is on his two-week annual training with the National Guard. He's actually in Colorado. Okay. And I, I actually happen to be on orders, not for two weeks, but just for a few days doing some stuff with the military. And so one Wednesday morning, I am, you know, I'm on, on these orders and I'm driving or riding in a vehicle that's going to a weapons range. And I'm with my brand new boss in mm. the military, Fulberg Colonel, um, going out to do what's really the first time that I'll, I'll have some kind of significant interaction with him. So I'm riding out to the range and all of a sudden I see a couple Facebook messages come through on my phone. And usually I don't even check these things real time. Um, I usually like once or twice a week, we'll go through and look at Facebook messages. Sometimes it goes weeks before I, I get a chance to kind of look at them, respond to them. Well, I don't have anything better to do. I'm running out in the, in the vehicle on the, out to the range and see these come through. So I start looking at them. And the first one says, um, somebody just posted this video of one of your trucks. Just thought you should know about it. Hope everybody's okay. Uh -oh. And I'm like, yeah, that doesn't sound good. So I, I click on the link and sure enough, I look at it and there's one of our trucks on the road, just swerving all over the road, oh, like, no. like horrible, like not even like just terrible swerving. And so I'm like, what in the crap is this? Who is this? So I start messaging back to both of these people. The second message from another podcast listener says the same thing. Um, and so I'm messaging back to these guys. Hey, can you give me any more details? Where was this? What's, you know, Tell me yeah, what's, going, what's on going on so that we can kind of track down what's going on. And a few minutes into this, I get a phone call. I see Nate come on, um, calling me. And so <laughs> I, I, I pick up the phone and Nate's all like, Hey, uh, so-and-so just got pulled over for DUI in Oklahoma city. Oh, no. And I'm like, wow, oh, my gosh. Well, we mystery solved. We know who the, who, it was, yeah. who the okay. driver is at this point. And, um, luckily, so he, he had the, the, uh, the police officer, on the phone, patches them in, and you know the the police officer starts giving us some details on kind of the situation where everything's at at this point, um, and and so we get all this information, get the contact information for the officer, and right before the officer hangs up, he says, "So he's probably going to be in jail for about twelve hours. Um, do you want him to be able to come back to the truck <laughs> after he gets out of jail to finish the load?" And like, I, I kind of had to pick my job off the floor. I'm like, I can't believe this police officer is saying this. And I, I'm like, oh not only no, but hell no, <laughs> he's not getting back in that truck and the police officer. Okay. And I honestly, like, I, I'm shocked that a police officer would actually ask that. Part right. of me wonders, like, was he trying to bait us into answering nah, that? No, 
maybe. Would, but I, would they really want I don't a guy know. like that to go back in a commercial vehicle that just Oof. exhibited that kind of behavior? That's yeah, it's a good point. I, uh, so I, I don't I, that that question like surprised the heck out of me that he would even ask that. Yeah, that is wild. And the only reason I could think he was at, he'd ask it is because he's trying to bait us into saying like if we were going to say yes, then he'd probably report it, either report it or prevent him from being able to get back in right. the truck. Cause I mean, there are, I don't think many people, many trucking companies owners would do that, but you know, it's been done. Oh, sure. So anyway. Okay. All right. So how did you, well, we're going to get to, you know, eventual consequences and whatnot, but how did you finish the load? What happened with the load? That That's interesting. So we'll get to that. Let's talk a little bit about the tow bill first. Oh, geez. Th- this was a fun one. So interesting enough, um, we, we get the tow bill, f- tow bill, 4,200 bucks. Oh. guess how far they had to drive the truck and trailer <laughs> 35 miles six six miles <laughs> that's, oh! not, that's not funny if Craig. that's if that's not a racket i oh, don't think i've ever om- heard of one. You know, almost a thousand dollars a mile i mean i wish we could charge our clients i mean i'd just take a hundred dollars a mile my okay. gosh uh it, this reminds me of uh what was it the best hooker in oklahoma yeah. that you talked about way back when I, and so that makes me feel like the <laughs> 1900 dollars that we paid him to take us like 150 oh. miles like wasn't such a bad deal <laughs> 2400 dollars 42 42 that's my me and my dyslexia, dyslexia catching yeah. up to me yeah 4200 dollars. He, he and the the tow guys i mean honestly to me that's extortion like that's excessive and he's all like, well, the police officers wouldn't let us tow them together. Uh-huh, I'm like, uh-huh. uh, sure. Right. Like, and at this point, what can you do? Right. And so they, there's nothing wrong. There's no damage. Luckily, he, he didn't, didn't hit, hit anybody. Yeah. Nothing happens. But they, so they, they had to bring two tow trucks out, one for the trailer and one for the truck. Jeez. Oh, um, but yeah, crazy. 4,200 so, bucks. So, okay. Six miles to get it to town. Yeah. And then what would so, you do? Can you sub somebody in? What, what do you do in that situation? So at this point we start to kind of look in, look into what our options are. And, um, Nate talks to the broker and the broker is livid. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, I, I think it was like some quiche for Starbucks or something. Oh, geez. And, um, so we're trying to figure out, okay, what, what can we do here? The broker is just like, going crazy mad at you mad at us yeah and um nate's all so i'm in a position where i can't really just pick up and go he's in a position where he can't really just pick up and go um but nate went and talked to his bosses in colorado and they were super understanding and said yeah go take care of it so nate actually that very night got on a plane flew from from denver to oklahoma city Mm. got in that night that very same night and was able to pick the truck, get it out of impound the next morning and get back on the road. And so he actually got out of his military duty for a few days, Oof. drove it all the way to Ohio, delivered the load. And he actually ended up delivering the load only 18 hours late. And so then at this point, the broker's like, and the quiche is fine. The quiche it's is fine. fine. It's fine. It, it was just fine. <laughs> and the broker at this point's actually pretty happy. Like he's like, you guys took care of yeah, it. He, he said, we have never had a situation like that. Like this, you know, this kind of stuff happens in trucking, Sure, you know, whether it's that kind of thing or something different where there's issues with the load, we've never had anybody jump on it like that and get it resolved that quickly. And so we actually ended up getting some credibility with the broker and they've given us quite a few more loads 
sense right. um, because they were happy to see how we responded to the situation. So this wasn't, uh, this wasn't, I accidentally dinged a, a side view mirror in the yard. This was, ah, I was not expecting this, Chris. This, yeah, uh, yeah that's a, that's a big deal. It, it was a pretty big deal. Um, luckily nothing worse happened. I mean, th this guy could have killed somebody oh, yeah. easily the way he was driving and how erratic he was. Um, he, he could have killed somebody and it, it could have been 10 times worse. And we're just, we're kind of glad and thankful it, it wasn't worse. Nate ended up, I think, I think he ended up missing about four or five days of his annual training because he drove all the way to Ohio, picked up another load, came all the way back to Utah, dropped the load back off in Utah and then flew back to Colorado. Oh, geez. So, so, and then, and of course those flights have to go on the Holland assets, uh, ledger. Yeah. Uh, so, so all, all in all with the tow bill and everything else, it was about five grand. Yeah, well, okay. When you say tow bills forty two hundred, the rest of that, yeah, sounds like you guys got away easy on the rest of it. It it could have been <laughs> could have like been I a said, lot worse. It could have been a lot worse. My yeah. gosh. Well, learned uh, a few things. I, uh, I I'm tempted to look down at my notes and see where we're going to go from here, but I'm just going to go ahead and start <laughs> scraping my jaw off the floor uh, and let you continue. My gosh, that's uh, okay. So please don't drink and drive. Yeah, it's, uh, I assume it was drinking. Could have been something else, but. Uh, anyway, that's bananas. Yeah, I, it actually wasn't drinking. Oh, something else. It was something harder than that. Ah, okay. All right. And well, and so that's the kind of the weird thing is like we'd screened, you know, drug test. Um, everything came back clean. Nothing in his in the clearinghouse. And and I think part of this is just the fact that he was going through turmoil in his life and trying to find a way to cope mm -hmm. with it and, and chose the not, wrong thing. Chose absolutely the wrong thing. And and so that kind of the lesson for us, I think, in this is. I, I think it'll be a little while before we ever feel like we're going to hire somebody that's in the midst of going something through something like that. It's like, okay, right. give us a call in 30 days. Let's kind of see how things have settled down. Um, some people, you know, that's one of the things I learned in the military when I was deployed. Like there are some people that handle a deployment in a dangerous area really well. And some other people, it just messes with their mm -hmm. mind. And I think that's kind of the way relationships go too. You know, some people can break up and end the, a relationship with a significant other and be just fine others like it messes with them mentally yeah. no for sure for sure and you know it's uh, always good to remember things from the employer's uh situation right so you guys are thinking yeah we, we like you said we want to give this guy a chance we want to give him uh what whatever a second chance some charity some whatever understand that just because he's going through it doesn't mean he can't drive a truck but on the other hand, now you're thinking, well, shoot, if this happens, you know, more often, it's going to tank our reputation. We're not able to get the loads we need. Suddenly we're selling trucks and laying off drivers and where we want to be able to employ people and, you know, uh, benefit the industry, whatever. Now we're in a position where we're a drain and now we yeah. can't, you know, now we can't help anybody. Uh, so, yeah, that's a that's a tricky spot to be in. So anyway, Chris, <laughs> it's actually a pretty good segue into, um, this book review because yeah. there's a lot of lessons in kind of in this book review that kind of relate to this kind of a, a difficult challenge in the, in, in the course of doing business. Right. Okay. Well, as you say, it's a good, uh, lead in. So the book is can't hurt me, master your mind and defy the odds. Um, okay. So this was written by a Marine. Yes. Uh, Navy SEAL. Na oh, sorry. Navy SEAL. David oh, Goggins. Boy. Oh, I hope he didn't hear me say that. Um, Marines feed into the... Marines are actually part of the Navy. Right. And so they feed into the Navy SEAL program too. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, okay. So, right, I mean, well, you're not too far off. All right. Well, still. It's not like you said he was in the army and <laughs> he was really a Navy SEAL. Or, or, or the, worse, or the, the National Air Guard. Force. Yeah, the, he's in the Air Force. And Now, tell me about this book and why you wanted to talk about it for today and why this topic feeds into it. Well, I, I just, I, I happened to be reading it or actually listening to it on Audible um, as I was deciding, hey, what do I want to do for the podcast episode this week? Because it, it, it really... I think we should be doing a financial episode. Yeah, we're we're scheduled to do one, but uh, sometimes things just don't work out yeah, that way. I, I I just we're a little bit behind in getting the financials prepped. So I was thinking, you know, what do I want to do? And I'm reading this book, and there's a lot of really good life lessons. A lot of the things that we talk about kind of feed into this book too. So um, I, I just thought it'd be a good good time while it's fresh on my mind to talk about the book and some of the things that I learned about it, and and hopefully share it with the audience and really encourage them to read it, um, as well. Cause there's, there's just a lot of really good messages. Um, a lot of, you know, coming over difficult challenges in life. How do you get past those and, and really reach your full potential as a person? And I, I skimmed through some of it and I like the format of this book. It's always nice when a, a book is easily digestible, right? Especially a book that's going to be giving you life advice. Um, and yeah. so this one is uh, very much along those lines where he gives you like, here are the 10 life lessons you need to know, uh, you know, yeah. however he phrases he it. Life lessons and challenges. Like he, he issues 10 challenges oh, that yeah, are typically right. tied to, you know, some kind of lesson that he learned in his life, whether it was um, going through Bud's training as a Navy SEAL, or he, he's also a um, world renowned endurance sports athlete. You know, the guys that run a hundred miles, like, he, you know, one of the ones that he did was the Bad, bad Water 135. It's 135 sure. miles through um, Death Valley. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine? Wouldn't that be fun? So what you're saying is this man is the exact opposite of me. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh, All right. Much. Both yeah. of us. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he's got a lot of cool things. And, and it's, it's really interesting. Um, he grew up under kind of some difficult circumstances. Like his, his home life and family not life in his younger years was not good. Yeah. And that's one of the things he talks a little bit about. You know, and it's uh, not not to get too uh, philosophical, but interesting how sometimes that can, you know, forge a man into steel and other times it can really, really whip you. Yeah. Uh, in not such good ways. It can. And and that's kind of one of the things that he, you know, he talks a little bit about that. And, and that's why I'm, I'm not going to try to spoil it. I, I want to talk about seven of the things that I kind of learned a little bit from this, give you a little bit of a teaser into it. And, and hopefully, like I said, encourage people to, to read it because I, I think it is one of those things that even if you take just one of the challenges that he issues or take one lesson out of this book, it'll be well worth your time. Okay. Well, let's get started. You said you've got a few that you wanted to go through. Let's start with uh, your first favorite one out of here. Um, life is not fair. And you kind of have to get past that and crush life. And and so kind of as I alluded to, like he had a rough childhood yeah. and, and really even his early years as an adult, as he was kind of trying to figure things out, it was it was kind of a rough time for him. Um, so when, when you say crush life, uh, is that like, I, I don't know, that, that sounds very, you know, oh, grab the bull by the horns or some cliche like that. One of the things that he talks a lot about is he feels like most people only live up to 40% of their potential. And so it, it's really just about living up to your full potential. That's really what the premise of this book is, is we can do more than we think we can do. Yeah. And we should all strive to really live up to our potential. And I, you know, 
he he's done that in his life. One of my very best friends in the entire world, same thing. He grew up under like not the greatest family life as a kid and um has been really successful in life. He kind of pushed past that. So, you know, life's not always fair. You know, some people are born into a family that where you're given every opportunity and other people aren't and some of them some people just pull themselves out of it and move on with life and and do really well and that's kind of you know part of the premises of this book is yeah life's not fair deal with it and live up to your potential there you go you know it's uh reminds me of one of my pet uh one of my pet concepts and that is that uh gratitude is about the ultimate um weapon in your arsenal uh, no matter what circumstance you came from find the things to be grateful for whether it's the things you're born with or the things you've made for yourself uh, whatever it is find the things to be grateful for and it'll fuel um just what we're talking about here uh being able to crush life as he says um recognize that life isn't fair and maybe it wasn't fair to you but maybe it wasn't fair to somebody else um and uh, recognizing you know your well your privilege to use a buzzword of the last decade or so it can be a powerful thing yeah for sure okay so number two chris number two is um he he has this thing that he calls an accountability mirror and he says to create account and an accountability mirror and it's basically he just says to take um post-it notes put your insecurities on it your goals in life on it um your dreams that kind of thing put them on post-it notes and keep them on your mirror you know the mirror that you shave when you're looking at it, you're doing your hair. I love you. I love that hesitation. You look over me that when yeah. you shave. Oh yeah, you don't do that. You yeah. freaking hipster, Craig. <laughs> okay, when you when you put your hair in your man bun, there that you mirror. Go. Yeah. Yes. Okay, okay, got it. <laughs> uh, and if you're watching on YouTube, well, there you go. There's there's your man bun right there. All right. People just threw up. <laughs> uh, all so right. it just helps you be kind of self-aware and it holds you accountable. Like, you know, if you've got a goal that you're striving for and if you're looking at that every day as you're kind of getting ready for the day, mm -hmm. it kind of just helps you keep focused and, and realize, hey, this is something I want to do. I'm going to do it. Okay. And so that's uh, the good and the bad stuff on that yeah, mirror. And so the, so and the insecurities, like your weaknesses, mm -hmm. that's just, it reminds you of those that you, you're working on them constantly, trying to improve them and trying to get better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Keep it front of mind. Uh, number three, then it would be what, Chris? Um, and this is one that I've talked quite a bit about. Get out of your comfort zone. Um, and, and it's just do things that you're afraid of, do things that you're not good at. Um, you know, for instance, in trucking, talking directly to shippers and, you know, developing and building those relationships or kind of confronting a driver that may not be doing the, the exact thing that they're supposed to. It's, it's really doing those little things that you don't feel comfortable with. That, that are really going to have impacts in your business. Mm. And um, sometimes it's easier said than done, but if you don't do those things, you're, you're, you're not going to live up to your full potential. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, amen. I have nothing to add to that. Number four, then. Be willing to work harder than the next person. Okay. All right. Here's where we diverge, Chris, because I'm a naturally lazy person. Okay. Well, I don't know. Maybe not that lazy, but, uh, but all right. Convert me really being willing to work harder than the next person. And I think this is one of the things that's really has been a, a blessing and impactful in my life is, is I'm a pretty dang hard worker. Mm. Um, e even from high school on, like when a lot of my friends were playing or doing something, I was home studying or in the summertime when my friends were chilling out and hanging out, I You're moved up to my, that was hauling pipe, moving pipe, hauling hay, um, working on the farm mm. 80 hours a week is a, 
you know, 16, 17, 18 year old kid. Um, and, and that, you know, that willingness to work harder in a, in a lot of ways, I'm you know, like, I'm not the smartest guy. I'm not the, um, strongest guy, but Didn't I'm really typically, need to work on that man bun. <laughs> yeah. So, I, we'll, I can't we'll, grow my hair out. <laughs> um, I, it, the, the thing that kind of sets me apart is not my innate talent or ability. It's really just, I'm willing to work harder than most other people. Yeah. And what, what would you say to somebody who didn't have that growing up, you know, who didn't have farm life or kind of a military background or something where that just doesn't come naturally to them? How do you, do you have any words of advice for somebody who's like, gosh, that just sounds hard. That's just kind of, that's one it. of those things that in the, number seven, um, the, the, the sheet that I sent you only had six. I added a seventh yeah, one. And the seventh one's going to talk a little bit about that, but it's really putting your, getting out of your comfort zone, being willing to push yourself kind of more than you're used to. Yeah. Okay. Well, the next one then is number five. And this is one that I actually really like. I think it's pretty cool. Um, and this is something that most truck drivers are going to be able to relate to. You, you know what a governor is in a car sure. or in a truck? Yeah. Or yeah. in the little Hot Wheels that my kid rode around when he was three. Yeah, yeah. sure. It, it prevents your car from going past a certain speed, right? Yeah. And, you know, he says that our brains can be our, a governor for us, too. We kind mm. of limit what we think we can do based off, you know, our, our self-doubt or yeah. you know, a lot of different things. And so he says, remove the governor from your brain. You know, so that you're not limited to that 40%. Yeah, makes that, sense. That most people only kind of achieve. Yeah, I saw I, I saw some of those movies in the 90s. Uh, what was that John Travolta one or Powder or whatever? Yeah, I totally know how the brain works. So, I'm, you've lost me. I, 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 don't, I don't know what that <laughs> those, one is. Those who know what I'm talking about will have great fun with those idiotic references from 30 years ago. Chris, <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> remove the governor from your brain. Yep. Um, it, it, now, is this kind of like um, the mirror thing, the accountability mirror, where it's kind of a positive and a negative thing? Um, the governor can hold you back, but also maybe accelerate you too fast down the wrong path or something. I, I don't know. I'm just trying to think through what this would actually mean. And I'm sure he talks about it a lot in the book. He, he talks a lot about it in the book, but it, I mean, it just really boils down to um, we're, we're, again, we're all more capable than we think we are. Mm. And so don't let that limiting factor of what you think you're capable of be the determining factor of what you actually are capable of. Cause we can typically do more than we think. Like I, that's one of the lessons I learned. So I, I went through, I think we've maybe talked about this. It's called the Sapper leader course. It's like the mm. engineer version of, of ranger school in the army. Yeah. And, and you go a long time without eating a long time without sleeping and just do some incredibly physically difficult things. And, and you do, you realize that your body and your mind is much more capable than you think it is. Mm. Like I, I never would have thought I would have been able to physically march and move as far as I could did without eating. Oh, but right. You can, your, your body is incredibly capable and your mind's incredibly resilient. All right. Well then number six, if we move on, what is the sixth one? The final one that I know of. <laughs> Be uncommon. Um, there's a, there's a lot of normal people out there. Don't be one of them. <laughs> I love this. I love this one actually, because, uh, <coughs> oh, man. I love this one actually, because when I, I was just talking to my nieces, I, I went out to visit my nieces in uh, Indiana and I took them out to dinner and they're in junior high age, give or take. Uh, so they're in junior high and they're talking about what's going on with the kids at school and all that stuff. And I said, oh man, it's, 
and they're they're also weirdos in the best possible way total weirdos <laughs> and they're talking about oh you know it's kind of tough to be as, as different as we are and i was like you know it, it's going to suck right now. I can't stop it from sucking right now and I'm not going to try, but I will tell you that one day you'll see a switch that will get flipped and everybody who was trying so hard to be exactly like everybody else will suddenly want to, you know, wish that they were as different and idiosyncratic as you are. Um, and I, I, I love that little that little switch in life when it gets flipped it's fun to see uh people kind of come into their own so is that the kind of thing we're talking about embracing your individuality and and knowing that yeah you're not like everybody else and you don't need to be yeah i, th I think that's a, a lot of it and it's one of those things you know be uncommon a lot of the times we you know the, the common person is going to push themselves to one certain level but you know he challenges people to be uncommon and push yourself past that you know to a level that that is far beyond what normal people would would do and he says that that's when you're truly going to live life and you're truly going to enjoy um what you do love it well chris you had a surprise seventh dare i ask um yeah the, so the seventh one is it, it's kind of similar to what was it number four no the number three oh. get out of your comfort zone right it's uh be willing to suffer i i think part of it is just in our society these days, we kind of seek comfort, right? We don't want to suffer. We don't want to go through difficulties. And I think a lot of times, even to an, a fault, we shed or shield our children from, you know, some of the more difficult things in life that are yeah. ultimately going to make them stronger as people. And so we just, we shouldn't avoid those situations. It's like, I, I can think of two really good examples of, you know, how suffering is, is important. Well, I can think of, I, I want to talk a little bit about athletes. You think about an athlete. Oh yeah, I was just going to say working out is yeah. prime example number one, right? That, that's example number one. When yeah. you work out, you know, that makes, you know, it, it, it hurts while you're doing it, but it makes your body stronger. Right. The, the thing, and then I've got two examples kind of from my life where I feel like suffering has led to um, greater blessings. And the, the first one's really um, financial. Well, they're both financial. Um, I drove the same car. I think I probably talked about this oh, a yeah. little bit. 1997 Honda Civic for 16, 17 years. And, you know, people made fun of me. Um, I, I got all kinds of crap because I was driving this old crappy beater car. <laughs> but that financial sacrifice and that willingness to suffer financially in the long run made it so that I could now afford much better and much nicer cars. Mm. And then um, the other one is kind of with with uh, our, our apartments. Instead of buying a, a house, you know, kind of once I finally started making a, a decent amount of money and could afford to go out and buy a house, my wife and I went out and bought some rental properties. We bought a fourplex, lived in it for a few years, moved on, bought another one. And so it, that was a way for us to kind of, you know, suffer or sacrifice financially. You know, we weren't living in the greatest neighborhoods. We weren't living in, you know, it, it relatively small homes, um, not super big, but in the long run, those apartments have been a financial, huge financial success and blessing in our lives. And so being willing to make, you know, sacrifices and suffer a little bit in the short term oftentimes brings back huge dividends in the long run. Perfect. I love it. 
Uh, well, Chris, we're not going to give the other three points that uh, that Goggins brings and th- up. And those weren't but, always necessarily his points. Oh, these are There's just, just kind of things. Some of them were his points. Some of them were things that I just kind of felt like I got from right, it. Right, right. Well, anyway, I, I, I my point just being, we didn't give you the whole book. <laughs> so no. go read the book. Uh, it's in the show notes, yes? It is. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So go check it out in the show notes. Uh, it's one of those things, it, it's funny how, uh, how we all receive the same message in different ways um, where, you know, I love fiction, Chris. I love fiction and you love nonfiction. And obviously we, there's a Venn diagram here, right? There's overlap. Uh, but, uh, however you get these messages, absorb them in some way, right? And it'll help you in your personal life, your business life, what have you. Um, so go check out the book, Chris, any, uh, any parting thoughts or impact tips for today? I think that's it. Okay. All right. Well, in that case, everybody, thanks for listening. I'm sorry it wasn't a financials episode, but, uh, well, you're getting this podcast for free, so you get what we give you. So, <laughs> so uh, I'm sure we'll have another financials episode soon, uh, and we'll get you all caught up in what has happened in October, November, and, and so on. Yep. So, we'll cover that next next time. There you go. All right, Chris, I will see you next time after I go to HollandAssetsLLC.com and MotorCarrierHQ.com and check everything out. Nice plug. Do you like that? Yeah. All right. See you next time. <laughs>